Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. Today is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Young Perspective. Today, we're talking about something that's pretty interesting, uh, at least to me, and that's American power projection abroad, particularly in the form of military bases and military expansion. So as far as power projection goes, there can be economic power projection, there can be social and cultural power projection, and then there can be you know, military power projection, which is the most physical um, and tangible of the projections because you've, you've men on the ground, you've resources, you've money actually spent on the ground um, outside the US. And that is what we're going to be discussing today. So unlike other countries, America is pretty special in terms of its military abroad and even just in general. They have an estimate of around 750 to 800 military bases outside of the U.S. Now, the number isn't perfect because the military doesn't give an exact number. There are probably some there are probably a lot of bases that are secret that we don't know about. Their data is not perfect. But in terms of what we know, at least around 750 to 800 bases around the entire world and compared to other countries like Russia, Britain and France, if you combine all their total bases around the world, it only ends up being around 30 bases. So it's pretty special and unprecedented that a country has bases across the entire world in other countries. I think it's something like 45 countries, but that's just what we know about. And what's what's cool about these bases is they're not like, you know, they're assimilated or are integrated into the culture uh, in which they're located. These are like a little American towns in a far off country. They have American stop shops. They have American restaurants. They have Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. And the rest of the countries they're in don't have Pizza Hut or, you know, or any of these Taco Bells or any of the same restaurants. And, and what's cool is their gas stations and their stores and the restaurants are all the exact same price as, um, as they would be in America, even though they're across the world, all the, the supplies and all the, the goods are shipped in. At a, at a very high cost and then subsidized to, to the military people living on these bases. Um, so what does that mean? That means the goods cost a lot of money for the, the American military, and it costs the military tens and hundreds of billions of dollars a year to run these far off bases abroad um, for up to 80 or 90,000 troops. Right. There's an estimate of costing up from the 100 billion to 200 billion dollars each year to run all of our military bases abroad. That's an insane amount of money. That is pretty unprecedented. That money is huge. And while that goes into all the sorts of things, paying for the troops to live there, paying for the weapons, housing the weapons, for everything that goes on in the US military around the world, that counts into that projection. And who knows if that number is even um, accurate. It could be more. That's just what we know. And part of the reason why the U.S. try and make some of these bases seem as real and as U.S.-like as possible, because one, they want to make the troops there, the, the actual, the people who are fighting there or, or living there, have a feel like a home, like they're living in the U.S. They want to make them feel like they're American and that uh, unless so they don't have less homesickness. And also, it makes it looks good for the U.S. Um, to now be practically a little U.S. city inside of a whole other country. That's pretty crazy. So the, the types of bases, they, they range from ginormous bases with 10,000 troops in them to very small outposts, maybe even 
no U.S. troops to them, maybe, you know, contractors from the country. So one example maybe of a huge base is Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. And the, a lot of the big bases in countries like Germany, um, South Korea, Japan, they're left over for when the U.S. occupied these countries um, after winning war. So the U.S., you know, built all these bases at, during their, their occupation of Germany and Japan after the end of World War II and then the, the occupation of South Korea after the Korean War. So these are leftover bases. But what, what may be even more interesting are the smaller bases around the world. So you have bases all across Africa, which are little drone bases uh, or radar stations with maybe 100 troops or fewer. And, and you have all these outposts across the world that may have no troops, maybe an airstrip in the middle of nowhere, have one hangar that may have, have one drone. But they, these places carry a lot of supplies um, and, and they make the U.S. ready for any conflict anywhere in the world because the U.S. has supplies around the world so that if there's a conflict that breaks out anywhere, they can use the bases nearby, which are called the lily pad bases, to, to, to hop onto the lily pads, take the resources from there and use that in the conflict nearby. So these smaller bases may... Uh, provide the U.S. with a larger operational capacity almost anywhere in the world. Right. So when we say that there are 800 U.S. bases uh, abroad, doesn't mean massive bases with thousands of troops. Some of them are just little airstrips that allow the U.S. military to fly into if they need to, or housing facilities where they house weapons or other technology. But some of them are massive bases that are huge. It just depends on which base you're talking about. But yet, you know, it's true there are a lot of tiny ones. But the U.S. military runs 170 golf courses worldwide, and some of them are abroad. You know, there are extravagancies for these soldiers. Um, it's not like everything's bare to the bone, um, you know, military style. But the, nothing's cheap in the military. Everything's expensive. And that's why they're spending, spending 200 billion ta taxpayer dollars. But what, what's the point of these bases? Why do we need them? Uh, one of the reasons for these bases is that it's to allow and to foster democracy and freedom worldwide. A lot of the presidents, when they talk about their foreign policies and the, the reason for the military um, abroad is that they say, oh, we're trying to keep peace and freedom and democracy and promote these values across the entire world, right? These are the values that we hold dear. And so everyone else must hold them as well. So it goes into a whole idea of power projection. America has these values. They have these, you know, democratic um, expectations for the world. And in order to implement those expectations around the world, we need to make sure we have the big American thumb on all the little countries around the world who, who, who are being influenced. We want to be the biggest influence around the world um, so all the countries do what we want. Another reason people claim is that if war breaks out, it gives America the ability to strike back and fight war anywhere in the world very quickly. Um, so that's why we have troops and surveillance equipment around the world so we can get to potential war zones quickly and efficiently. Right. It's helpful that we have lots of bases in Europe right near Russia in case Russia decides to invade one of our allies or lots of bases in Asia near China uh, in case they do something that's that we don't support. Uh, so it's very strategic and where we have our bases in terms of protecting us, protecting our allies and protecting our interests. One of our interests, one of the main ones, you know, good example is uh, oil trade around the world. So we have bases in the Middle East, you know, in Saudi Arabia, close to the Strait of Hormuz. So in case, uh, you know, an enemy country like Iran would close down the strait 
and then prevent oil from spreading around the world, which would cause economic crises around the world. Um, there'd be no oil. The price of gas would go way up. So to prevent that, we have bases in countries like Saudi Arabia and the UAE so we can quickly mobilize you know, and, and make sure our presence is there to ensure the, the free trade of oil and you know, other commodities, goods. So that's also very important. The, the bases around the world help make sure our economies run as well. Right. And it's the idea that we want to create overall stability around the entire world. Sure, these bases might not be inside the U.S., so they're not directly protecting us in terms of active combat or anything like that, but it's creating stability everywhere. That way there's world peace and that our interests are everywhere. It basically creates a massive footprint where the U.S. can be in charge of practically everything and we are everywhere. But the question is, the military is for defense. You know, the Department of Defense runs the military and defense is to protect American civilians. How bases abroad that are fostering globalization and protecting the Japanese or, or protecting the, the Taiwanese or protecting the, the South Koreans, how is that protecting American citizens? You know, sometimes it's hard to justify why we have so many bases if, if they truly may not protect American citizens. Right. They might keep our best interests of the future in terms of oil prices or in terms of a national scale of presenting future wars or political economic crises. But in terms of the average American, they probably won't see a big difference or even a difference at all if one military base shuts down or majority of the military bases shut down across the world. And so it really doesn't provide actual security. We're not, they're not actively protecting us. They're not fighting uh, active wars, a lot of many of these bases. And so a lot of people think that a lot of the, some of these bases are a waste of money. There are billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars going into these bases that can be used for other problems in the US. Why are we helping out other countries before helping ourselves. So for example, as Josh was saying, there some of them are, have a lot of luxuries like the golf courses and the big hotels. But even so with that, even the things that um, aren't luxuries, just like holding weaponry and technology uh, and troops around the world and, and countries that aren't needed to have, as we said, sure, some of the some of the bases are near countries like Russia and China, where we're trying to hold um, power against them. But there are other bases in other countries uh, in, in Britain or in Africa, or in Australia and places that we would never actually really need to have a strategic arm near anywhere else. They're just there for the purpose of being there. So some of them are for the purpose of surveillance or for the purpose of fostering ties. We're doing training programs with their militaries. But at the end, and the end of the day, that's money that's not going towards uh, American problems in actually the U.S., well, I think you mentioned bases across Africa um, and, and across, you know, places that we don't have conflicts like Australia um, or, or off the coast of New Zealand. And you mentioned surveillance, and that's what a lot of these places are for. So an example of this, you know, in a, a, close to a conflict zone, but near other bases we have, one could say this base in Israel, the, the U.S. base in Israel is unnecessary. But to say that is to not know what the base does. The base in Israel, the Dimona uh, base is a radar station. And that helps track troop movements um, around countries like Syria and Iraq. These places are crucial. Bases off the coast of New Zealand uh, are, 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 are points that are bases that connect to, to military satellites. Crucial. Places across Africa, you know, they may be CIA bases, which where CIA, um, you know, works with the military to gain surveillance through all through satellites and radar stations. These places are crucial. So maybe not every place is necessary to the overall security of uh, of America. 
Um, but I think presence everywhere, if maybe if it doesn't help, you know, create security, it definitely helps our, our increase the, the value of our surveillance networks um, and, and, and of our institutions like the CIA. Then you bring up the question of why does the U.S. military need to create these massive military bases where they import U.S. products? Why can't they eat the food of the, the local nation? Why do they have to make it create exactly like America? That is, a, is a, as you said earlier, that costs lots of money to import all these goods at high prices. Uh, and so in the end of the day, that's another cost that we're having to pay versus using that money towards other U.S. problems. Well, the bases might be necessary for a lot of surveillance and other needs. There are some uh, excess uses that might be somewhat unnecessary. You have to ask yourself the question, why can Britain, France, and Russia have a combined total of 30 bases while the U.S. needs 800? Well, I think Britain and France, um, they piggyback off American bases and they piggyback off American you know, power around the world. If America wasn't an ally of theirs and wasn't as powerful as we are, they would have to step up and provide security in their interest. But we are already providing security in their interest, so they don't have to do so right now. And people often argue that the bases are unnecessary because they don't provide security to American citizens directly. And you know, they, don't, they, they may be helping other countries, but they don't help us. And I think the way I look at it is you're either gaining or losing power. So if the, if the U.S. Is, is losing power, it's going to create a vacuum. And who's going to fill that vacuum? You're going to have China and Russia fill that vacuum. Um, so if, you know, th- there's China has their Belt and Road Initiative, where they're trying to create economic ties with countries all around Africa and South Asia. And when they do so, um, it's also going to foster military ties. They get entrenched in their countries. These countries become allies of China. We don't want that. We don't want China to, to increasing power because that means we're decreasing power. So that make, means it's important that we have bases in these African powers to prevent you know, th- that Chinese entrenchment. Um, so that's why it's also important to make sure we're located even in, in low conflict zones to, 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 to ensure that we have a presence and that China and Russia um, you know, can, cannot take over those countries economically, militarily, etc., and that's totally true, Josh. These bases have a purpose. We don't spend billions of dollars for nothing. But at the end of the day, there are other problems in the U.S. that need to be tended to that are underfunded uh, and that this money could be going towards. And so many people ask the question of why should we be helping out other countries, our allies, or even other nations that are not even our allies? Why should we be promoting peace and democracy around the world before fixing our own problems? While the U.S. is a great country, it's not perfect. There are many problems in the U.S., that this money could be going towards. Let me give you an example of what I was talking about earlier. In Islamabad, which is in Pakistan, you, the U.S. used to be the biggest supporter of Pakistan, um, and we used to give a lot of military aid, uh, and the Trump administration pulled out a little bit. They pulled out a lot, actually. And now you have Russia giving billions of dollars of, million, uh, of military aid um, and selling weapons to Pakistan, and, you, and, and Pakistan's taking billions of dollars of loans from China. So whereas... Pakistan used to be in in the U.S.'s bag. Now it's in China and Russia's bag. So that's that's you know an adverse effect of pulling out. And, you know, this base or whatever whatever we gave to to Pakistan may may have cost the U.S. taxpayer tons and tons of money. Um, and it may, and it, you know with the base or with the money we're giving to Pakistan, that may have not directly affected the security, like you were saying, of the U.S. citizen. But when we have 
countries like Russia and China entrench themselves in Pakistan, that is bad for global security, and that is against the interests of the U.S. So it brings up the question, what is the real purpose of the U.S. military? Is it to directly protect the U.S. citizen? And if so, these bases are probably unnecessary, at least majority of them. But if it's to keep our interests uh, and to allow us to promote the values that we want to promote around the entire world and make sure that we are keeping our power over other nations, then you could say that they're doing that these bases are necessary. But I don't think that our interests um, are, are not going or not providing security to the civilian. Se- providing security to the average American citizen is not black and white. It's not, you know, X or Y. It's very complicated. And, you know, America being the most powerful country abroad or maintaining power projection across the world, that is a part of keeping in providing security to the average American citizen because um, without it and without America's global dominance, there's a higher likelihood of the average American citizen being hurt or being, uh, you know, being subject to a worse economy or being subject to an outside power coming in. Us being the most powerful, it gives the best opportunity for American citizens to be safe. When we're less powerful abroad, when we, when we pull out of, of foreign countries, there's higher chances in the future, in the, in the far future, of, of countries coming and occupying us or, or of the American empire falling and, and of the American citizen being in more dangerous. But that's going to bring a close to this week's episode of Young Perspective. We hope you all enjoyed. Make sure to keep listening every week. You can email us, ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com, or you can uh, check out our Instagram, the underscore young underscore perspective, or look at our website, theyoungperspective.net. That's going to bring a close. Again, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And remember, this was The Young Perspective.